0: Welcome to Away from the Keyboard. We give you a glimpse into the lives, interests, and tech behind today's technologists. Please join our hosts, Cecil Phillip and Richie Rump, as we get away from the keyboard. Welcome to Away from the Keyboard, where technologists tell their stories of how they started, how they grew, how they learned, and how they unwind. My name's Richie Rump, and with me have my co-host, Cecil Phillip. How are you doing today, Cecil? Hey Richie. So, we just came back from a really fun and interesting weekend. Why don't you tell everybody what happened? So, we were at Coder on the Beach and Coder on the Beach is kind of in Jacksonville in a place called Atlantic Beach and it was a blast. I had such a good time. I brought my family up there. I know, Cecil, you brought your family up there, but it was from Friday afternoon all the way through Sunday, nonstop technology.
1: Yeah, this is my third year going to Code on the Beach. And I got to say, every year, those guys do a really good job of putting on a quality conference. So definitely kudos and shout outs to Paul Irving and his whole team of, of folks and everybody that helped put the, the conference on and made it, made it happen.
0: Yeah, I, I really enjoyed a whole bunch of things uh, at the conference. But mainly, there was a couple sessions there. I know I sat through Elijah Manners' JavaScript Code Smells talk, and that was great. I had, a, I had such a blast. Uh, listening to that, and, and also chatting with kind of folks just sitting at, at at lunch and breakfast, and just being able to chill out and and have really cool conversations.
1: Yeah, definitely. For me, it was really good to actually meet some of the people that I've been conversing with on Twitter in person. Finally, it's 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 so weird that you have these conversations with people, and you know, you kind of feel like you've known them for a certain period of time. So to actually meet them is always a great thing.
0: Yeah, that face-to-face time is really cool when you're finally, hey, I've been talking to you for two years on Twitter, but I've never met you. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Exactly. So what else we got going on, man? So we've got Tech Night at the Ballpark coming up on Tuesday, August 25th. And that's going to be at Marlins Ballpark here in Miami. Pre-game party starts at 5.30. Now we'll go to 7 o'clock. And then at 7 o'clock, we're all going to sit down and we're going to watch a... I think the Marlins are playing the Texas Rangers that night. So you can get your tickets at TechNightTheBallpark.com. Tickets are only $15 and going fast, so get yours today.
1: So who are we talking to today, Cecil? So today we're talking to Mr. Luis Figura. Luis is a solution architect with Blue Granite and a Microsoft VTSP. Lewis is focused on delivering business solutions that leverage the Microsoft BI ecosystem of products. His area of expertise is data warehousing and business intelligence. With 10 plus years of experience in the field, Lewis has delivered data management solutions for companies across many industry verticals. Lewis is also a contributor to many local user groups, as well as the past Data Science Virtual Chapter.
0: This episode was recorded on June 13th, 2015 and now our conversation with luis figueroa and now away from the keyboards feature conversation
2: are you a basketball fan do you yeah. watch uh-, uh not really not really no yeah yeah uh- technology is it uh, drives me away from a lot of uh, other things it's it, all yeah. encompassing yeah I'm
1: sure so. <laughs> so I think that's a good segue then like why don't you tell us a little bit about you what you do you know what are some of the things that you like to do
2: yeah sure thing so uh, my name is Luis Figueroa and um, oh gosh where should I start uh, By default, I'm going to tell you. I'm not a solutions architect and blah, 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 blah. I lived here in South Florida for the last 13 years. And last July, I moved to the Atlanta area with the family. And uh, so we're back now for the sequel Saturday event. Uh, we're having a great time. It's, ba- it's great to be back in town. Uh, we're actually having a blast taking uh, my daughter to all the different places where she was born and all that. So it's been a, cool. Yeah it's been, yeah. it's been neat. Very it's been cool. Neat to be back in town. I'm a technologist, I'm known for work. For working for uh, with data, uh, especially SQL Server, but I, I really have a broad interest on in many areas. I started. I met. Uh, I started here uh, with the community. That's really where my career started uh, by joining SQL Server uh, user groups and ooh, SQL ooh. Saturday events. That's how I met Richie. And yeah. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, I'm yeah. sorry you had to yeah. meet me.
1: Um, what else? So I hear yeah. a little bit of accent, and mm-hmm. obviously our, our our listeners can't see you. Yeah. So do you want to tell us a little bit about where you're from and maybe some of your your
2: background? Absolutely. So I was born in Venezuela. Uh, for some 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 people are there. That was, that's in South America. Yeah. <laughs> for those of you and in I the American say, public school system, I did not say Minnesota. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so yeah, I grew up there. I moved to the United States in 2002. Um, that's when I arrived here. I came to Florida and uh, until last July I lived here and I moved to the Atlanta area. So met my wife here in Florida. She's from Michigan. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Was, there was actually a really cool story around that. I don't know if uh, we should get into that, but... Yeah, uh, go ahead. No, so, w- that's what it's about. Yeah, funny story. Okay. So uh, I worked at this company, a security company, and I was the, the IT guy, right? And... Um, uh, she was uh, an executive as- assistant working at the corporate uh, offices, and uh, one day my IT manager calls me and he says, oh, Louis, you know, so we have this problem, so there's a computer that we need to replace, and just, can you just take a computer and uh, just exchange it over there in the corporate office? I'm like, sure. Well, uh, the only problem here is that we don't really keep computers in, st- in stock, so um, I would have to see if I can put something together. And my boss said, okay, so figure out, see what you can do, and we need to fix this. So, okay, I took some computer parts, put them together just to get a computer working. Um, I took it up to the corporate office, and uh, when I showed up with the computer, uh, that was the first time I saw my wife, right? So she was the one with the bad computer. Uh, So I'm carrying this old compact computer, and she looks at me. She asks me, so um, what is that? (laughs) (laughs) I go, that's your computer. And she goes, no, it's not. And well, that's where how our love story started. <laughs> nice. yeah, so it, there wasn't much love for the first year, but then suddenly one Christmas party, I think we, we put the, the weapons down and uh, we kind of get to know each other a little bit, and it, it was fun. It was funny. That's and, cool. Yeah, yeah. So um, four years ago, we had our four and a half years ago, we had our first daughter. So
1: nice, congratulations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like yeah. when you travel, like for instance, to come down here. So you said you brought your whole family with you.
2: I do travel a lot for work, so I I try to uh, sometimes whenever it's possible make a little vacation out of it. So if I can take them. Along with me, I attend my work event, and then we take a day or two to do some family stuff. In that way, I'm not away from family uh, so long. So
1: it turns out great. Yeah, that works. to yeah. sure. So do some sightseeing, enjoy the city. Absolutely. Mm-hmm.
0: Enjoy the food. I'm definitely big
1: mm-hmm. into food, especially after the last guy we spoke to. Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> Who would you guys talk to? Gareth. It's curry all the time. That's what it was about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We had a really good
1: conversation yeah, about yeah. curry and South African food.
2: <laughs> yeah, uh, speaking of that, so that's a great thing of uh, traveling for work. So you get to try all different places in different areas. And it's not always great, but uh, every now and then you find this secret local spot that is mm-hmm. amazing. So one comes to mind in Rochester, New York. It's a dinosaur barbecue. Uh, best-selling food mm-hmm. I've tried. Uh, yeah, so I was really surprised to find that place up there. But.
1: I think that name
0: alone would make me want to go eat there. Yeah, yeah I'm dinosaur there. Dinosaur yeah. Barbecue. Hey, is there any conferences up there, Roy, we could go up there? We could you know? There is a SQL Saturday. Man. Oh, yeah. yeah. Maybe something else other than SQL Saturday. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> a
1: developer conference. <laughs> so tell us about it. So what did you like about Dinosaur mm. Dinosaur Barbecue.
2: Yeah, the meat's great. I mean you can get anything you can possibly get in the in you know, a barbecue place. Of course you have ribs, steaks and everything else. But uh it was just really good quality food. Very, very tasty. Uh not nah, it wasn't sloppy, so, you know, sometimes you get sloppy food and it was really uh clean, not excessively greasy, it's just really Good tasting, so you know you they put some love into their their menu for nice. sure.
1: Yeah, so mm-hmm. I can imagine it's huge portions, and you felt like a caveman when you were done. Absolutely, here? oh did. man, yeah, yeah, that's yeah, the
2: absolutely. best feeling in the world, bro. <laughs> I kind of wanted
0: to get into what you're doing and how you're kind of pivoting your career
2: mm-hmm. into uh, something new. So you want to tell us a little bit about um, yeah. how you're doing that? Yeah. So uh, just for the audience, just to provide a little bit of background, I've worked in many areas of IT during the last twelve fifteen years of my life but uh... For the most part of the, or the yeah, the, the most part of, the, of that time, I've been focused on uh, data solutions that leverage SQL, the SQL Server data platform. I started as a um, server engineer or in the infrastructure side of the house until one day someone called me and so there was a, a problem with the database server. And you know the story, the accidental DBA, right? So yep. I took a look, there was nothing wrong with the hardware and uh, started digging into SQL Server, fell in love. We've heard it many times, right? So uh, suddenly, from there, I became the DBA, and then uh, suddenly, out of the yeah. out of the blue, uh, of course, congratulations! Yeah. You're the DBA. You Tell
0: jobs. them what you won, <laughs>
2: Don Pardo! Exactly. Uh, but I'm I'm very driven by my curiosity for knowing more and more and more, and, and peeling the layers of the things I get to understand. So um, once I knew, you know, started knowing SQL Server, that wasn't enough. So um, I like started looking into uh, the internals of the the SQL Server engine, mm-hmm. and then uh, think, thinking about data processing technologies, which led me led me to start working with uh, integration services and bringing data from multiple sources. And um, so just to make the story short, so uh, I've worked with pretty, pretty much every component of the Microsoft BI stack, and for the last, I want to say, close to 10 years, uh, that's what I've been focused on, the warehousing, and business intelligence. Now, uh, about two years ago, I started feeling like, you know, life is great, love my career, but I really feel like I need to learn something new. And uh, for a couple of years already, we've been uh, hearing about machine learning and advanced analytics becoming a more important piece of uh, pretty much every solution uh, in our near future, right? Uh, Machine learning is... Now, part of uh, pretty much every application workflow there, if you're doing telemetry, you can uh, run machine learning algorithms to see, to analyze usage patterns, what your users are doing, and, and tweak the, the user experience to improve it. That's just one example. So now, trends like big data, um, IoT, or the Internet of Things, and all those things are going to make it so uh, machine learning becomes even a more important piece of all this. And of course, that, that curiosity in me started hitting me every day. It's like, you got to start learning this, you got to start learning. This year, I start, learning, start learning this. So I look back at my at my career and I wonder, well, so how do, how did I really get to, to know SQL Server and learn uh, learn all I know about it? And I uh, point it, it pointed me back to c- uh, community, right? So I said, okay, so I'm going to repeat that recipe and see where that takes me in the advanced analytics space. So I started joining uh, groups, and uh, there's a, a great. Um, data science uh feed, which is uh, our bloggers uh, mm-hmm. that that c- provides tons of content on a daily basis and I started joining the the data science group in, in the Atlanta area, which happens to meet like sometimes even six times a month or oh my or goodness, they have meetings all over town yeah wow uh, it's amazing I so, don't think
0: I've heard of a a group that met that frequently yeah
2: yeah, yeah, it's very popular. So, uh, again, through community, I, I, st- I kind of started mapping my learning path by just learning from others, hearing what, you know, what works, what doesn't work. And that's how I identified art to be you know, one of the stepping stones to get to understand what data science is all about. So about a year, about a half ago, I started uh, working my way through art c- courses and books and whatnot. And um, so it's been a great journey. So, you know, I've, I've definitely added uh, very valuable components to my, mm-hmm. uh, my skill set. And uh, you know it's it's a path, it's a journey. So I'm still you know working through it and see where that takes me.
0: Right. So so just to recap, you're you've gone from this BI guru slash expert. Mm-hmm. You know, ten years of working towards that, and now you're more on the data science. Kind of side. Yeah, it seems to be where things are going. Yeah. Okay, so, there, I I'm, uh, I'm gonna, so I know there's a couple of terms. So I know there's a couple terms in there that uh, I, I'd like for you to
2: define mm-hmm. for the audience. Yeah. And
0: first is machine learning, and the yeah. second is R. So what are those things?
2: Yeah, great. So that's a great question. Um, and I'm going to add one more there, uh, which is data science, right? So we hear a lot of about data science, but what's the difference, right? So statistics are nothing new. We've had statisticians for a long time. There's been data mining for a long time. Mm-hmm. So what's new about it? Um, and then so there's um, uh, one of the uh, leaders and, um, or great thinkers of the industry. It's, uh, his name is Drew Conway. He came in with a, he came up with a data science Venn diagram, which describes what, exactly what it is. And he says that data science is at the intersection of machine learning, um, hacking skills, and subject matter expertise. Huh. So it takes more than just knowing math and statistics. Takes more than knowing software and, and compu- computing engines. Uh, it's just the integration of all that and, and applying it to a domain area that you know that you know very well. Uh, so yeah, r- really interesting there. Uh, but then just to uh, complete that that. Um, explanation. So then, machine learning is the, uh, the application of statistical models to data sets to uh, say uh, unlock deeper insights that you would able to get to through uh, traditional data exploration tools, right? Oh. And you know, without to get getting, getting too, too deep into that, uh, basically you just you're able to identify patterns on uh, big data sets at, that are at the lowest level of detail. that can help you, uh, you know, see things that you oh, you would otherwise couldn't find. Right, you know? and, and these are set algorithms, right? Yeah, yeah, they they. they coolest part of this is that it, most of these algorithms are not new at all. I mean, they've been around forever. Sure. But it's just the um, enormous increase on computing power available to us nowadays, either rather through a better hardware or cloud, that's, um, that's uh, you know, empowering us to apply all these algorithms to now uh, very large data sets and do things that we couldn't do before. Right. Hmm. Also, software vendors are putting a ton of R&D investments on making it so that these models are easily consumable. So you have, you know, Microsoft, IBM, Amazon, you name it, everybody's coming up with their. Machine learning solutions or services that you can consume. I'd rather, uh, as a developer, as a data professional, you know whatever you are, you can just connect to an API, run a data set through them, and get you know incredible, get a result, valuable information. Yeah. yeah. So what about R? Oh, in R. So R is the de facto uh, programming language for statistical analysis. Hmm. So what's great about R is that uh, first is open source and free, of course. But what's great about it is that every time uh, a new algorithm is is published or uh, a new Enhanced version comes out, almost the first thing that almost always happens is someone creates a package to imp- that implements that. Hmm. So you don't really need to know how it's written. You don't really need to know the, the math behind it. Of course, you need to know when you would apply the algorithm and, and uh, you know, other best practices around data science. But um, that makes it so that by understanding R, you can leverage all these different algorithms uh, to to analyze your data and get the, you know, the most accurate and optimal results available. So something you can do um, with our uh, not only just the application of, that, of those algorithms but it, it also supports the entire life cycle of data science so that that could start with acquiring the data transforming that data and you could be acquiring data from you know a web scraping or, or querying APIs or reaching out to relational data uh, databases uh, so you name it so our provides the tools to do that that type of data acquisition transformation a statistical analysis and visualization so it's kind of an all-in-one tool set hmm. yeah
1: so for our business listeners and you know even our non-technical folks mm-hmm. I guess I'd have to ask so what does that buy me and I'm saying hey I've been running my company for 15 years and I'm good yeah, like, yeah. so what do, what do we get out of that
2: well uh, I think the the difference is gonna come down as adoption starts ramping up right and like with any uh, technology out there the early adopters get a, get a competing edge over those or potentially right not always with that's the case, but potentially uh, companies can get an edge over other uh, competitors by better understanding their data, their customers, their patients, predicting uh, failures in their equipment, something that will allow them to ha- have better SLA, service level agreements right, than their competitors. So that's really what you get there. So it's, you know, information is power, right? And the more information you have, the more you know about your business, the better position you're in to compete in the market.
1: So it's the competitive advantage of understanding how people are using my solution, Mm -hmm. what my users are doing, and, and potentially what they might want to be doing yeah. in the coming future. Though.
2: That is correct, yeah. And you can apply that to every area, not only businesses, but you can apply that to healthcare. So there are, there are interesting projects right now where, you know, I think it's $99 that you can pay, and you'll get a DNA sampling kit from right. a famous website, right? Yep. You can send your DNA, and then they'll send you back the, your DNA sequence. You can run that through uh, some R packages, actually, that will analyze that for you huh. and tell you about, you know, some things that you might be... Uh, you know, predisposed to not only just in, from a business perspective, from, but from a science and you know uh, healthcare, if you will, perspective, and, and you know pretty much every area you can apply machine learning and get some sort of you know new information that you couldn't access before without that type of analysis.
1: That's pretty interesting. I didn't, yeah. I didn't know you could do that. Yeah, like yeah. send your DNA and somebody will yeah. do that, like some of that sequencing. Yeah, there are yeah.
2: other websites that allow you to actually import that into their services, and what they're doing is they're collecting a um, anonymous pool of uh, genome, and they also collect your uh, healthcare history, and by doing that, they apply machine learning on this um, data pool, and they know people with these profiles, you know, tend to get this type of illnesses. Right. So then, th- then you can get those results back and see, you know, where where you're at, and then sometimes lifestyle can uh, can have an impact on uh, you know whether you develop some of those. Um, oh, that's pretty. Yeah. That's pretty interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So I love it. So, and uh, my curiosity is uh, it's a good and a bad thing. So it's a good thing because it's a great driver for learning. It's a bad thing because I can get enough of it, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, but, uh, but yeah. that
1: seems like the hot topic in technology in the industry today, right? It's again, it's it's machine learning. It's the Hadoop and the you know crunching big these data, big data yeah. numbers. Yeah. You know, I always wonder, like, when people say big data, like, how big is big data? Right? I mm-hmm. know that's a question Richie asks yeah. pretty <laughs> yeah. often. Yeah, because you, know, you hear companies talking about that. Oh, I'm going to do this big data, da 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 da. Yeah. Like, oh, how much data do you have exactly?
2: Well, all companies think they have big data, right? Yeah. <laughs> and um, the truth is, well. I don't know if that is the truth, but I'll say that um, it really depends. I don't think that there's a set volume of data. All that is relative to begin with, because what's big data yesterday it won't be big data tomorrow. True. Uh, but it's not only the data volumes, but it's also the complexity and the velocity of the data coming at you. We used to deal mainly with data coming from relational engines, and but that's a uh, long change, right? Now you get data coming to you from cloud. You know, you have cloud born data from different... Uh, Web services like Salesforce or, you know, you name it. Or weather data. Or weather or data, right, or yeah. government data. And mm-hmm. you want to combine all that to get your better insights. That level of complexity, and so it's the combination of the data volumes, the complexity of the data, and the velocity of the data, how fast it's coming at you, that make it difficult or challenging to try the, for traditional data engines to process all, and crunch all those numbers. So that's where, you know, depending on all those things you may recommend sticking with traditional relational database engines which can be very capable at handling large amounts of data or perhaps incorporating things like Hadoop that will allow you with or help you store and process unstructured data uh, without having to do you know expensive ETL processes in the you know in, in on the fly so um it's a it's one of those conversations where everything's relative. Well, you can actually handle big amounts of data with traditional database systems right um, sure. but it's right. just a combination of those then
0: so you saw this opportunity in the market right you you kind of saw, okay well, this is this what used to be called predictive analytics right and yeah. and they keep changing their name to what it is uh-huh. and uh, essentially, it's still data science. How did you start that journey? How did you start saying, "I have an interest in this?" And how did you start learning and how did you see uh, you're going to apply that to your career and and, and adjust your career more towards the data science?
2: You know, I think it's a trial and error approach what I pretty much – it works for me. There's – hundred things I have an interest in that relate to what I do, right, on a daily basis. And I often try to explore. I think I was sharing with you uh, over dinner yesterday. Uh, I've tried to do object-oriented programming many times. And that one seems to be one of those that I just can't crack it. Yeah. I understand it. Uh, but it's not something that I have that's come naturally to me uh, To spend more time on it and and get better, better, better and better. So I explore different things, right? So we have big data, we have predictive analytics, we have machine learning, so we have all these things. And I keep trying to learn uh, about most things and then I find every now and then one particular area where I feel very comfortable, feel right at home, where I feel that um, I can make quick progress learning. And so I look for ways to incorporate that into what I do on a daily basis. And that seems to work out very well. And I think it could be just advanced analytics, it could be big data, it could be, you know, any, any area. And I think that applies to, you know, could apply to anyone in their career. Just find something that you can be passionate about and it'll come easy to you to learn and, and grow and uh, find a way to apply it. Yeah, I mean,
0: what I find interesting is that you just started this journey... A year ago, yeah. right? And now you're here at SQL Saturday South Florida, and you're giving a presentation on an introduction to R, right? <laughs> that's not yeah, so. That's so how did that? I don't know a curveball, but that process mm-hmm. for you to say, "Oh, I'm I'm at the stage now where I can actually talk intelligently about this language, and then give a yeah. presentation on yeah. it."
2: Yeah. So that's a great question. I mean, I think like with everything, as you start your learning journey, uh, you start building your confidence, and you start at zero, and then. um then you get your foundation right, and then maybe you pick one particular area, which for me was text analytics,
0: hmm. and
2: then uh, you start applying what you've known so sort of learned so far to that particular subject area or subset within you know the topic that you're learning, and you get better and better. And I think that um, being able to focus on one area at a time is very helpful on that path to build your confidence and your credibility uh, as you as you learn and progress on your career path. So I think that that's that's worked out for me really good. There was a big learning curve and it's, there still is. I have a couple of uh, statistics books on my uh, oh, wow. bookshelf, and <laughs> yeah, I'm not making uh, progress as fast as I, <laughs> yeah. as would like, but you know, it's uh, it's part of the journey. so
0: so so. so- as you're trying to figure all this stuff out, you realize that your background in statistics wasn't where it, what it was. And so you said, okay, now I need to go and ramp that
2: area of, of my knowledge. That's exactly right. Yeah. Wow. Interestingly, a lot of that stuff I saw in college. Yeah, exactly. I had zero interest back then. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Zero interest. And then now suddenly it's super interesting. So yeah, so I, I guess think that's I finding an application for it is what really helps
1: yeah right that's what i was gonna say i think Mm -hmm. it's good because people now that are listening (laughs) listening, (laughs) you know that we people that always ask the question why do i need to do math yeah right you know what do i need to do calculus or statistics Mm -hmm. or any of this other stuff Mm -hmm. for like i'm never ever going to ever use this in my career i'm going completely to do something else yeah but now it's it's, so this is one good example Mm -hmm. of well, hey, now I got to go back and, you know, I got to look back through some of those books that didn't really think were as
2: important yeah. as they were at the time. I think – and I, I, I'm I'm seeing a caveman right now, right, looking at a wheel without thinking about the problem they're trying to solve. And they probably walked by that wheel and did not pay attention. But mm-hmm. one day they needed to move things from one place to another and things were heavy. And it's like, oh, got it, Right. So it's a like kind of same scenario. So you find an application, you find an interesting problem to solve, and then suddenly the tools become that much more interesting.
1: Sure, exactly. Like you found a need, and now okay, well, how do I cultivate the the tools and the resources and the equipment that yeah. I need to go forward and solve this problem? So what other tools are, are popular or interesting in, in the data science? So we talked yeah. about R, mm-hmm. for instance.
2: Yeah. So there's uh, well, there's a hot debate in the data science community about you know what's the best programming language to use for data science. Along with R, you have have a big um, increase on in Python adoption. Mm. And there are lots of pros and cons on both sides. I think that the factor right now still are, but we still, we got to keep an eye on Python. As a matter of fact, I'm, I'm learning Python as well. And there are some, some good advantages on, on each case, uh, but both are great, uh, at the end of the day, great platforms, great programming language. They're highly supported by most um, uh, vendors, software vendors out there, like, uh, for instance, Azure ML, uh, which is Microsoft machine learning offering on the cloud. Uh, they will support R scripts and Python scripts. So You can just pick oh, and choose okay. your tool. Yeah, so those would be the main uh, programming languages that you would use for data science. And then uh, there's a ton uh, of vendors, uh, software vendors that sp- specialize in different industry verticals that provide machine learning solutions for those. And now we're seeing, uh, you know, all the the big cloud providers, uh, IBM, Microsoft, and Amazon, uh, and even Google, building machine learning solutions that can be easily consumable. Um, and uh, incorporate it into your data flows. So yeah, so, those, so there's tons of options. Great, great time for for learning and and getting in the getting in this boat.
1: I know sometimes when I'm, I'm learning something, new, I, you know, I have to go home and have a conversation, mm-hmm. and the conversation usually goes like this: like I'm going to focus on this for a couple of months. I'm going to need some space. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You know, I'm, I'm not reading comic books yeah. and I'm not, you know, watching, playing video games, but I'm going to need some time.
0: What? You're not reading comic? What? That's insane. Wow.
1: So, so do yeah. you, when, again, so now that you're making the shift, right? Yeah. Do you have to have similar conversations like, okay, I'm, I'm still working, but now I need some extra time to okay. get some more done because I need to ramp up on this. I need to learn this. I need to finish reading my statistics books. Yeah. You know, do you have to have that conversation at home?
2: It, it's interesting. Um. I'm sure my wife is not the only one out there, but you can actually talk to my wife about SQL Server, and you'll be surprised of the stuff that she knows. Oh, that's amazing!
0: <laughs> that's cool. So um,
2: somehow we find uh, we find it's a, it's a very dynamic way that we in which we handle this. People are busy at home. That's a great time for me to get my work done, my study done. You know, suddenly you know we're all home. Then that's a great time to have some family time. Uh, the tough part there is. Because you're not doing it on a schedule. Sometimes there's a gray line there. So, um, you, you may not know at times. Well, is this work time? Is this family time? You know, you know, it helps to keep the communication up and I kind of, um, tell my wife, uh, you know, where I am and my learning plan and, uh, she gets excited with me. So she's like, "Oh, that's great!" So you know, I'm gonna leave you alone tonight, so you can read your book or whatever. Um, sometimes you know we have family things that are very important, and you know, studying can can wait, right? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so it is. I think it's it's challenging, but uh, communication is key, like with everything. So but that's why my it's funny that you may, you could ask my wife a number of things and she'll know because I share with her you know what, what I'm up to and where I'm at all the time so
1: sure but it's it's good because you have that communication, so now it's almost like she also too has a vested interest in you being mm-hmm. successful obviously absolutely not only from uh hey, this is my husband mm-hmm. I want him to be successful but yeah. but also to hey, this could be a really good opportunity for our family we could you know i could I know, could learn from it he can learn from it, and you know we could both learn together and do something something interesting
2: absolutely I think there's a big difference right so if I if I did not communicate all these things, I would be this workaholic husband that doesn't pay attention to the uh, to the family, right? Then um, we'll have a problem. And then you'll yeah, have, have a problem, yeah. right? Yeah. You do it as a team, and uh, you know suddenly it all works out. Uh, as a matter of fact, I brought them with me this weekend uh, down to South Florida. Right. So I'm here today. Uh, they're going to pick me up, and then we're going to go have dinner tomorrow. We're heading to uh, Bell and Captiva, so we're going to have good family time. Nice. And you know that's, that's a secret. <laughs> so If you don't
1: mind, then could you tell us some of the other things that you do? Like, you know, some of the traveling and, you know, things that you do with your family?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So um, we love food. So we love finding new spots to go to. Uh, and now that we live in, in Atlanta, so we have lots of new places to, to discover and, and try. Um, so we, we do a lot of that, especially in the weekends. D- during the week, I love to find time. You know, at that point of the day where you're feeling like you're not 100% productive anymore, you need to step away from the desk for a little while. I love uh, grabbing my daughter, going outside to the yard, just playing, just playing ball or, you know, whatever, <laughs> running around. So get some smiles out of her, you know, and then uh, then it's time to uh, go back and just continue focusing focus on what you're doing. So, um, so we like doing that. And we love road trips we haven't done many uh lately but uh so we came here to South Florida this weekend uh so we're going to be in Orlando in October and we're, gonna, we're planning on going to Virginia at some point this year um we're going to visit our uh in-laws in California in October so we try to keep or you know uh, travel um, and uh you know kind of get, we can getaways uh to happen as, as often as possible because that's real, at real quality time where you really kind of disconnect from, you know, your daily life and focus on, you know, uh, having some some good family time. Um, yeah. So, but that that's it. So, I think uh, between work, studying, and then doing that sort of thing with the family, uh, that, that kind of sums it up. Yeah.
1: So, I was in Atlanta a couple of months back, mm-hmm. um, you know, closer down to the downtown area. And I was able to go to the World of Coke and also to the, yeah. um, the Sea Aquarium. Yeah. Technically right next Aquarium. to Aquarium.
0: Yeah, Isn't it in the Sea Aquarium. No, the Sea Aquarium is local here in, in Miami. Oh, sorry, but so, it's, <laughs> it's the Georgia Aquarium, right? Yeah, it is the Georgia yeah. Aquarium. Yeah, Hi, sorry, uh-huh. Georgia people. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, um,
1: but those two were fantastic. Like the two mm-hmm. days that I spent in, in either of either of those attractions were absolutely amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love for in, in the world of Coke, as mm-hmm. you go through and you learn the history, you know, and, and the little bit of the business behind of yeah. things were done, ads were different, and how the mixing process was. And they actually have some machines in there that. You know, kind of you know, well, parts of the soda machines so that you can actually see how you know how where the bottles are coming from, how the the the, the juice gets put in there, yeah. and the soda gets put in there. Yeah. Um, it's really cool.
2: Yeah, very cool actually. So that's one of of the places. It's been on our list of places to check out. We have not made it yet to the oh, co- wow. yeah to the Coke World. Yeah. Um, we uh, we've been at the aquarium a few times. Uh, daughter just loves it so she can't have any yeah. of it and so i love it yeah. too isn't it yeah. the,
0: the world's largest indoor
2: uh, uh tank worlds, but it's one of yeah it's one of the biggest yeah. and it is uh, this is pretty yeah, it's, impressive it's huge. yeah 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 you can just walking by some gigantic whales your land yeah, and you're yeah yeah exactly. <laughs> you <know? laughs> what <laughs> yeah yeah it's a, it's a great place yeah there's lots lots of lots to do in georgia um we like exploring the city but we also adventure into the um, you know the farms and and you know there are some orchards and things like that. Uh, so you can, you get a little bit of both worlds in the area where we live. So uh, depending on wh- how we're feeling, on a given weekend, we go out either way. Right.
1: Yeah, so, so I haven't been out to the orchards yet, but I can imagine that that must be a, a very interesting
2: experience. Yeah, yeah. it's Those are it's, 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 it's great places. I mean, you have everything from, for instance, you have the pumpkin patches, right? And then you go there, you have a train ride, and yeah. the weather is beautiful in the fall. Mm-hmm. So uh, you, can, you can pick that kind of experience, or you can just head to the city and just do something different, right? Uh, so, yeah. It good times.
0: What I've always found interesting about, especially driving from Florida into uh, Georgia, is that you could tell. Like, there's a yeah. point where it's, because Florida's very flat. Yeah. Florida is a lot of grassy, and it's not mm-hmm. really green. It's very yellowish, yeah. and a lot of browns, right? So, mm-hmm. it's, it, it, it doesn't really feel it. But as soon as you get into that Georgia area, and all of a sudden, is, there's trees everywhere, and it's very green, and it's like... Oh my gosh! Yeah, it, like, it it, a big it, change. Yeah, like, it's right? weird. It's
2: sound, yeah,
1: one of the things I like about Georgia is I feel like everybody has a rocking chair. On
0: their
2: porch uh, and uh, I, I have three. So my <laughs> Oh, nice <So> he, <laughs> he does
0: <laughs> He's got three
2: That's amazing We have two so, Two adult ones And a little and one a little one Nice That's uh, awesome
1: So my cousin's A, a real estate agent in, in Georgia A couple of months ago I spent some a couple of days With her Yeah. Every house that She visited There was a rocking chair And a porch right? wow. and I kind of yeah. feel like Is this just a part of <laughs> How homes are built Like you get a house did they come with this it? they come with rocking chairs <laughs> But it's such a relaxing Experience to The wind The wind is blowing You're on your rocking chair you're going yep. back and forth. Next thing, two hours later, you wake up. You realize you fell asleep. But, it was, <laughs> but it's it's like that southern that southern comfort, I guess. Yeah. That, know, that's that that's exactly right. Is, is I couldn't have
2: said it better. Yeah, you get that feeling, and on top of that, people are so welcoming. I have to say, uh, our neighbors yeah. are just unbelievable. So you're they're experiencing your rocking chair and the breeze, and then someone just walks by, and it's just it's a pleasant type of conversation and interaction you can have with people all the time. Uh, so that's very characteristic of, characteristic of Georgia so far from what we 've seen so so what's the difference between
0: living in South Florida and atlanta
2: <laughs> wow well, it's uh a, it's a, it's a big difference I think South Florida has a little bit more of a feel of a big city uh in the sense that uh, everybody's living a fast life right uh, I think in georgia you feel like things slow down suddenly, right? Mm. Suddenly people have more time to stop by and and things like that. I wouldn't say anyone is better than the other, just different, right? And uh so I think from that from that perspective, that would be it. The one thing that my coworkers always laugh about is when I say that one of the things I love about, about Georgia versus Florida is the fact that we have four seasons. Yeah. But uh, of course, you tell that to someone that lives in Michigan, and they may laugh when you just yeah, get you know, right. one or two inches of snow a year. Yeah. Right. Uh, but it, it's um, it's something I, I like. Uh, you get a little bit of a break from the heat sometimes, and uh, you get you know taste of the four seasons. Okay, the last winter got a little too cold, but it was still manageable. So so you're from Venezuela, right? Yep.
0: And you know, being here in South Florida, you have a lot of that Latin flavor, that Latin culture. You don't have yeah. to go very far. Right to kind of get some familiarity with home. Uh-huh. So how's that been
2: living in Atlanta uh, and not having that familiarity there? I don't know how many miles I've driven in search of a good Cuban restaurant. Oh, really? <laughs> I do miss that. So the, all that, the options that you have, the, the different cultures that you can quickly interact with in Florida, it's something fantastic. And definitely done. Uh, it's not as easy uh, once you move a little a little north from here. But uh, food is a big thing that you know. I think I missed right the Latin flavors. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't find uh, many places, but we've found one or two. You know, might be a little bit of a drive sometimes, but uh, we've found a couple. Yeah.
1: That sounds like a business opportunity. Yeah, there it you does. go.
0: Moose's
2: <laughs> Cuban Data
0: Shop. <laughs> Cuban Data Shop. Uh, yeah, that's that, that's not some, that's an idea there. Yeah, right? You right. need to merge those concepts you know, somehow. What, one side you could get Excel spreadsheets. The other side you could get Roscamboyo. Yeah, you
1: know? <laughs> that sounds fantastic. Yeah,
2: that, that goes. Where do I sign up? Should, yeah, Kickstarter, right? <laughs> that's right. That along that's with right. uh, donut filling flags, right? So you never know what you're getting those donut. <laughs> yeah, that's right.
0: <laughs> yep. Yep.
1: Thanks to Lewis for coming on the show. We hope you all enjoyed this episode as much as we did. Remember to tell your colleagues about the show and leave a comment on the website at awayfromthekeyboard.com or you can reach us on Twitter at AFTKpodcast. You can also follow me at Cecil Phillip and Richie
0: at Joris. That's J-O-R-R-I-S-S. Yeah, music to my ears. You can subscribe to the show via the website or on iTunes. If you really want to know what makes us tick, sign up for our newsletter where you'll get extra episodes and behind-the-scenes access to Away From the Keyboard. Next on Away From the Keyboard, we'll have a conversation with C
1: Sharp MVP Jonas Swatsky. He like, I gotta figure this thing out. I'm not going to bed. I'm gonna figure it out. And you're up at 3 4 in the morning, right? And you finally figure it out. You wake up the next morning. It's like, what did I do here? Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah it's gonna be awesome. See you next week. Bye. want to thank you for listening to away from the keyboard as a reminder we will have new episodes each and every week you can interact with us on twitter at aftk podcast or at awayfromthekeyboard.com hasta luego And I'm eating a cookie. So while he eats the cookies,
1: Great. let me. So, I, you know, we do this with every, um, everybody that comes on. So, just giving you some context. Sure. We are recording now. Mm-hmm. Anything you say shall and will be used against you in a quarter block. Unless I cut it out. Unless he cuts it out and <laughs> then it goes to DevNull. Um, <laughs> so, we don't have a script, we don't have a, any pre prep, anything that goes on. We're just going to talk. Yeah. That's that's, that's pretty much what it is. Like yeah, that's so, what comes out of it. You know, the the focus is for yeah. us to get to understand or for to get our users to know who you are. Yeah. You know, so we don't necessarily want to talk about work. Mm-hmm. If it comes up, it's cool, but you know, the really the focus is to understand you and you know, the way that you think, some of the things you like to do. Yeah. You know, what are your passions, what are your hobbies, what are the mm-hmm. what are the things that you you really, you know, um think about, you know, during during the day. Yeah. Our audience.
0: We don't have users. I'm sorry.
1: Developer brain, oh, yeah, and, and
0: yeah, you keep yeah. saying developers too, and it's like technologists. I know, it's just, I know, I just <laughs> we need to keep flipping that on, on for you, ma'am
1: I need to, I need to go in the media mode, right, and stop yeah. saying developers and users and stuff like
0: that. Uh, or you could do the opposite and just go developers, 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 developers. Right, I could do a a, a bomber rant, <laughs> and right. that would be the day you know you need to.
2: Retire. Yeah, but <laughs> so but it wait, it just happens twenty years <laughs> right? after
0: that. But wait, yeah. you know what? If I just threw this water all over you. Right, and then you just start going into bomber developer rant. Oh, dude, that's. I don't think that they, they cut that. Yeah. <laughs> Water everywhere.
1: Developers,
0: developers, developers, developers.
1: So, have so, you seen um Steve bomber in, in the basketball games? I have seen photos. I have not actually seen the camera on him. So TNT or you know ABC, depending on who's showing the game at the time, would. Sp- pan over him mm-hmm. when he's there and he hasn't changed a bit man that guy is you know i don't know what he's saying obviously because mm-hmm. you're panning over i'm sure he's saying like basketball basketball
0: yeah. basketball, <laughs> Something <like> that, but,
1: <laughs> but i mean you could see the same passion that he had for the company when he was when he was ceo he has yeah. the same type of passion for his basketball team and know, i think that's awesome i don't know if he was a basketball fan beforehand mm-hmm. i'm guessing he must have been to to go buy a basketball team but
2: yeah i'm guessing so i haven't followed him since he left microsoft but I can see him uh, doing his dance and his thing in the the basketball court, for sure.
1: Yeah. Uh.